What's up? You're listening to Fork the Product. I'm your host, Nick Casares. And I'm your other host, Zach Cohen. Fork the Product is a podcast that explores the intersection of blockchain, product, and user experience. We interview founders and builders to understand how they're approaching problems in the blockchain space. This show is brought to you in part by Polyant Labs. Nick, can you talk for a second about Polyant? Sure. Polyant is a blockchain-focused, early-stage startup incubator. We're headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona. And I say we're because in my other life, I'm the director of product for Polyant. Long story short, we help founders bring their ideas to life by providing them with early-stage funding, mentoring, and support with things like development, design, and marketing services. If you're an entrepreneur or developer and you have a vision that you'd like to discuss with Polyant, visit our website at polyant.io, that's P-O-L-Y-I-E-N-T dot I-O for more information. Great. Thanks for your support, Polyant. Now on to today's show. We apologize if the audio quality of this episode is a little bit different than what you've come to expect. The following episode was recorded live and on location at ETH Denver 2020. In this episode, we sit down with Shiv Malik, head of communications at Streamer, a real-time data protocol for the decentralized web focused on data monetization and exchange. Hey, everybody. This is Zach from Fork the Product, here with my co-host, Nick, and here with Shiv, who is our first interview of the weekend. We're very excited to have you on. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Thank you for having me. Nice to have you, Shiv. Uh, Why don't you kick us off and, and tell us a little bit about your project? And I think what would be really cool to hear is... Uh, two perspectives on, on what you're bringing to market. So one, talk to us like we're a normal person on the street and tell us about your project. Okay. And then maybe level up that definition and give us a little bit more detail uh, that somebody here who's, who's biddling this weekend might might appreciate. All right, I shall try and attempt that. So um, what Streamer is involved with uh, is building a thing called a data union, or helping other people, in a sense, to build these data unions. What's a data union? you might ask. Um, Well, I think it sort of basically tries to solve one of the biggest problems out there. Um, I think it's actually the second biggest problem in the world, which is the data economy is completely screwed. And uh, and the people who are getting screwed are ordinary individuals like you and me. Um, And we kind of all know that. And actually, most of the time, we can ignore it. But the consequences do erupt every so once in a while. Uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal, actually things like the NSA. So what we have done is, so Streamer was originally a project that came out of the 2017 ICO boom um, and had a couple of things uh, going for it on its white paper. One was to build this backend network, um, which would transport data. The second thing would be to build a data marketplace. Uh, and the third thing is that we have experience in crypto. And it turns out if you put all those things together, you can also start to solve this problem of how do people, and this is what a data union is, um, it's a way in which ordinary individuals can come together, club together in a union, like sure. a credit union, sure. okay. and sell their data, right? Um, you and I individually can't do that. It's really complicated because you've got to figure out, okay, like, where am I going to find this portal for selling my data, like eBay? Like, you know, do I upload right. it to that? <laughs> right. Which is actually what people have been doing experimentally, like since sure. 2000. Um, who's going to buy this? Who am I, how am I going to take you know, credit card payments off these people? Uh, well, I mean, and obviously, and individually, we're one data point. Right, right exactly. So, so. And it, so, so it's completely useless. So people, the buyer is going to look at that and go, well, I don't you know, who's this guy? Oh, God, do I have to negotiate with three million people individually? No. <laughs> so that's why the system is broken, because there's actually no way in which people could actually do this and club together. Sure. And you also need a kind of 
a bunch of professionals organizing that for you on your behalf. Because again, you you know might be intelligent, but you're not you're not going to have all those skills. Sure, um, it's nuts to think that you would. So that's what a data union is. It takes everything out of the control in a sense. So the the, the difficulties of all of this and says let's professionalize this. But let's make them agents for individuals as opposed to agents for other people, Absolutely. right? Very rich people from Silicon Valley. Yeah. Okay. So no, I think that's a, that's a great intro definition. I love it. So take us one step deeper then maybe and give us a little bit more detail about the way that the system works. Um, maybe, you know, as, as deep as you want to go in terms of the technology. What's, what's behind the scenes of the product? So look, the idea of owning your data is actually really old um, in many senses. It's kind of almost as old as the web itself. And people are like, oh producing data points, who owns this, right? And there's been lots of conceptions around how to do this. And even today, there are kind of people going around saying, you know, hey, look, control and own your data. But we're distinctly from the Web3 space. So most of those things basically look like sort of glorified air miles. Sure. Like, we'll take your data from you, thank you very much, uh, we'll sell it, we'll handle all the money, um, and we'll give you, you know, discounts off Amazon or something like that, right? Sure. Or maybe we'll give you like a token, but you can't trade that. That's not real money, right? In a sense, certainly not tradable money. So, um, you know, that's really no different from the situation you already have now. So if it's a centralized company doing this sure. called XYZ or Facebook, what's the difference? So <clears throat> what we've done is as streamer, we've built the kind of platform that anyone else can come and build on and people have, and sure. I'll come to that in a second. But we made this so that the data is going from you to the buyer directly. And then the buyer, when they pay for that data set with you and a million other people, let's say, the money goes through a smart contract, again, directly to you. Okay. So you're having a relationship with the buyer there. And the person in the middle are just making sure that the application and all of this backend stuff comes together and works on your behalf. Okay. I think that makes it very different. And then you're getting a token, which is an ERC-20 token. Sure, which is tradable and spendable. Which is tradable. And, and so tell us a little <clears throat> bit more about the, the relationship or the structure of the contract. So in terms of, is it a contract between every single uh, data point producer and the buyer, or is it an aggregate contract that then distributes to everybody who's put data into that? Yeah, you couldn't have an individual smart contract if you want for a million people. Uh, that would be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it couldn't, you know, the gas prices would be crazy and blah, right, blah, blah, right. blah. So what we do is the, the contract splits up the revenue okay. um, between, so the users get um, a minimum of 70% of that revenue when that, when that um, data set or data product on the marketplace sells. Okay. Um, and then the application owner gets 30%. So it's divided up like that. Sure. And um, then that 70% uh, then goes through a side chain because these, part, these uh, payments will... At one end, from the buyer side, they might be paying ten thousand dollars. But if you've got ten thousand dollars divided into a million, it's uh, you know a penny each, right? A cent each. Yeah. So how do you do these micropayments? Well, you can't do it on chain, so you have to use a side chain. And actually, when we were here last year at ETH Denver, we released Monoplasma, which was our solution oh, for okay. this. Okay. Yeah. See, so I think we saw. In now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're like, how do you pay a million people? Well, right. Why do you need to pay a million people? Well, this this is the reason why. So it's all come together. And is the distribution in, in terms of uh, the, the percentage per user, is it equally split against that 70% pool? Yeah. Or if I contribute more data, do I am I entitled to more share? So yeah. this gets this to be a really interesting question. We've, at the moment, you kept it very simple because we have to. Sure. It gets of course. really complicated very fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually, it turns out it's slightly counterintuitive. If you make more data points, so actually, let's say you have, uh, it's a data union built on Fitbits, right? Sure. So Fitbits are all pushing their data from individuals 
an effort but it's to this sort of health product if you want right yeah that's that's you can see how that's worth some money to people and people want to buy it but it turns out if you don't use your fitbit so often maybe you're worth just as much as somebody who uses it all the time because they want to mm. not target you in the terms of advertising but they want to know your habits from a health perspective you're more interesting like you bought a fitbit but you're not cycling or jogging or swimming or running or whatever right right i don't think it matters swimming right i don't have a fitbit clearly um but you know what i mean so we it's not easy to simply say well look if you produce more if you produce less actually all these things will be very different and granular so we've made it as simple as possible and just to add to that so what constitutes one unit of data contribute you know in order to you know split the money back to an individual contributing data um, you need to know how to divvy that up like what constitutes one data product god this um, was a yeah this was a problem that we I spent a long time thinking about and when I went to Henry who's a CEO CTO he's like hey like stupid you've been on this project for a while you should realize we do things by time not by data okay. points, right? Right, right so it's there real time go. data and there's three bits of that the real time or there's two bits of real time and then data sure. but we do it by a time based subscription Got so it. in okay. a sense the longer you're part of the union the more you get paid and you're like oh that makes sense because you can't you know you can create you can't create more time right you can right. create more data points or not but you can't and that assumes stay stable. Yeah. And that assumes that the flow of data for any user under you know um, on top of the protocol is consistent. So it can be like yeah. time for you can be measured in the same um, way as time for me. Yes, sure. unless we enter quantum realities, we're fine <laughs> with that, right? Right. So that's that's super fascinating. I want to I want to pivot and talk about the vision for the project for a moment. But before mm -hmm. I go there, I'm curious. As a buyer of the data, if you have a data union that I'm interested in purchasing from, I guess what, uh, how, how can I qualify that data up front as a buyer? How can I ascertain the value of that data? Is there anything to describe yeah. it? Uh, I mean, sure, these products are described and you can see roughly what you're buying the description, but you just subscribe for like a minute. Right, doesn't cost and you much. Time yeah, again, yeah, right? Useful, it's not, less yeah. time. Yeah, sure. Um, and okay. then you're like, okay, this is the kind of thing that's going to be useful. Great. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like um, I'm buying a package of data, and if it's not the right data, yeah, I, then I'm, you're like, I'm stuck. subscribing to a feed essentially. <clears throat> but this is the thing. This is that crossover between the kind of Web three world. We're like, ah, oh, everything has to be automated through a smart contract. We can't possibly have relationships between human beings. You know, we're still very much look. This is this is an expensive product to buy. People aren't going to just do it on spec, right? They're gonna to wanna to talk to people. Sure. That's fine, yeah. that's fine. We, you know, these, these are, we're gonna have, the, by and large, most of these products will be sold to a few people who spend a lot of money, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, rather than a, a mass number of people. So actually you can work with that. Like, you know, you've got two, 3,000 buyers at a time. Great, you can work with that kind of scale. And it'll be up to the individual application owners to market their own product in a sense, have that relationship with the buyers, create better, better data, better analytics out of what is mm. being produced by the raw material of those individuals in their union. Absolutely, now that's fascinating. So what was the inspiration for this project or what, did the, what, what was the vision for it? The panopticon hell we live in right now. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> think everyone's inspired to do yeah, something better. Yeah, absolutely. Weirdly, I was trying to remember like, well, how did I get into this in a sense? And in 2012, I, so I was an investigative journalist for The Guardian. Um, and investigate a lot of different things. I had a specialism in uh, terrorism um, or counterterrorism, if you want, sure. as a journalist. So I was involved in the terrorism itself um, and, and economics. Um, but in 2012, I, I deleted my Facebook account in protest uh, at Facebook's IPO. 
I was so disgusted. Um, that was like the end of the, the road for me in a sense. Um, and, uh, and it was just a rare event that kind of, they invited me on the news in, in, in England. Wow. Um, and so I had to explain myself. And basically I said, look. As, you know, as the third person who pressed delete. <laughs> yeah, right. And, 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 and I said, look, you know, I think we're all info slaves. And that was the term I used at the time. Mm. And this is disgusting. And, you know, I can't. And this is the last straw that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg kind of making a hundred billion worth of value out of everyone's shared hopes and dreams. Sure. Um, and, and this is outrageous. And the newsreader is just like, you've lost this battle. Like, you know, there's a hundred, 200 million people or whatever around the world. You know, it's now two billion. Uh, who've already, you know, who, who think that you're full of shit, basically, um, and, and disagree with you completely. So um, that was, in a sense, the genesis of this. Actually, the thing before was even more disgusting to me, which was Huffington Post. I thought the sale of Huffington Post, having built that worth out of people's more complex data, if you want, right, all their contributions, they're like, oh, we've got this great idea. We're all going to contribute for free. It's going to be wonderful and excellent. You're all going to get... <clears throat> get something from this and we're all a wonderful cooperative oh but hang on we'll make 300 million right right, right and i right. will walk Exploiting away with that. What you've yeah. right you're like okay that already disgusted me and then facebook was just another version of that yeah, yeah. absolutely so um you know we're here at eth denver right now and uh we would be remiss if we didn't ask what excites you most about the space blockchain technology capabilities and so on yeah okay so the two things that i think i'm really excited about uh, Defy, um, but mostly I'm excited about DAOs. Um, obviously, I'm excited about what yeah. we do, sure. sure. But DAOs, I find just fascinating. I think there's also another kind of reason that attracted me to Ethereum as opposed to like Bitcoin and, and that ecosystem, right? Um, there's a guy called Wendell Davies who, in DevCon Four in Prague, said, you know, in defining what Ethereum is, you know, there's that Twitter debate, like, what is Ethereum? Is it money or whatever else? And it's like slightly inane, it keeps going on. <laughs> but for me, if I was going to define that, I, I would use Wendell Davis's um, thing, which was, you know, it, what we're creating is tools for human coordination, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that describes actually a lot of stuff that goes on. And I think DAOs in that sense, for me, strike me as that, that kind of all-encompassing thing. Like, if we can get that right, God, that would really change humanity. Because people have been talking about that kind of stuff. You know, I, I covered Occupy as a journalist uh, a little bit and watched that movement. I was part of other movements at earlier points uh, as well myself. And you could see that consensus-based decision-making mechanisms, right? With sure. people waving yeah. their jazz hands and yeah. trying to communicate. And you're like, God, this doesn't scale, right? Imagine if it could scale. That would be very interesting. Um, and then, you know, a few years after that, you had, you know, the, the Arab Spring and the, the, you know, maybe Facebook was good for that and Twitter and you're like, well, if these things could meld, sure. DAOs represent that. And I think that's just so empowering. Like if it can be pulled off and it's almost there. I'm in contact with a number of teams, Colony team are great, DAO stack team are great. Um, that gets me up in the morning. And so with regard to your excitement around DAOs, is it more just the, the sort of meta functionality that it unlocks at a societal level or is there maybe even a use case that, that you're really excited about? Yeah, we, we just built an MVP data DAO. Oh, where we've almost finished it. Um, and uh, so how, what, what, is, what is that? What does that even mean? Well, the data union, as we've explained, like it's a professional enterprise. Sure. But imagine if that could be DAOified, if you want. Mm -hmm. Like um, a cooperative. So you, right. And then it would truly be a more cooperative enterprise and mm -hmm. an undertaking. And that's, that's wonderful. I love that idea, right? Where you could have 
the, all the revenues, that 70-30 split, now just make it 100% going to the DAO, sure. right? And the DAO then administering, well, look, we need to hire these people and make this happen and make that happen, which is why Colony is particularly good for this, perhaps. Um, is but, that what you, know, you use for the MVP? Uh, no, we've used DAO stack for the MVP ah, for okay. this MyDM thing. But this is what's really attractive about it. It doesn't require people to start funding this up front, right? Right, um, right. Because it's not a hedge fund sure. uh, run as a DAO. It's a business. It's going to make money. It has revenues. And that's exciting, right? Because that's yeah. it's like, okay, well, look, now we've got a, stuff coming in. Right. Excellent. It's um, just organizing the existing resources. Which I think is really hard. I don't think it's an easy job. It but is hard. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, there's a, there's a second, I think, follow-up to what are you excited about here this weekend and in general in the space. And that's, you know, over the past few years, we've seen... A lot of stumbling blocks in the industry, right? We went through crypto winter. We've seen a lot of FUD. We've seen a lot of sort of trough of disillusionment, people mm -hmm. walking away from projects, things losing mm -hmm. funding. And that takes its toll on morale. It, it creates challenges for the ecosystem. What do you see, you know, now that we're sort of past that dark spot and it feels like things are moving again, what do you think our next set of challenges looks like? I'd name three, and I'll try and be brief in describing them. Um, one has got to be why on earth haven't dApps I saw you know a single dApp being able to scale beyond that kind of hundred k yeah yeah uh, metric um, you know it's it's it is depressing I I think Swash which actually we haven't really talked about it's one of these applications the browser plugin um, that is actually a data union it's functional I think it can get there I think we've got an ambitious target to get to hundred k users. Because also paying people effectively, right? Sure. sure so that, right. that's our on-ramp. It's like we give you crypto sure. um, uh, for just doing what you're doing already, right? Which is browsing the web in this case. Um, so I think, you know, that's something that sort of, I think, depresses everyone quite secretly. It's like, why isn't this working? It's just the update. You yeah. know, like, and is it just because we're kind of trying to re reinvent what's already there? Like, is that the issue? Um, you know, because if you're trying to reconfigure the kind of base layer, but then you're also trying to support layer two stuff, which does the same thing as web two stuff, right. maybe that's the issue. And like, that's depressing. That doesn't work because there's so much money that's gone in to all of this. The second thing would be honest failure. How do we deal with projects? Because mm -hmm. the time, the clocks reach there, like we're seeing them where projects have money left over, but they realize they're not going to work, right? Um, what happens to those projects? How do we deal as a space with a whole load of basically, you know, yeah, males aged 25 to 32 now, I guess, they, you know, they've grown up for two years, um, who kind of invested on this testosterone high of 2017, 2018, yeah. and now are like, okay, this isn't worth anything. Uh, and how do, they, how do you not get that huge community backlash? Or actually, how do you get people from the founders like walking away with a couple of mil, like, that mm. should really be liquidated and given back to people because that's what would happen if you actually went bankrupt yeah, in the non-crypto world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think there's some serious problems there. I'm, you know, um, I think maybe we're seeing that with IOTA. And they, that's, that's 900 million locked up in market cap. Yeah. Uh, and an and adjunct to that is that the markets aren't dealing with that. Like the pricing on this is just nuts. Like yeah. why aren't things moving? You know, IOTA says oh, look, we're not working for the next, you know, 48 hours or whatever. Uh, nothing happens to the price. Like, right. they're all just hodlers or they're all crazy, right? right. Like, what's <laughs> going on, right? Yeah. I do think then that's the, a bit know. of a double-edged sword though, right? Like, mm -hmm. it cuts both ways. On the one hand, like, I totally agree. There should be 
a downward response to something like that. On the other hand, I think we've all benefited from some of that, you know, irrational exuberance to get us bootstrapped and off the ground. So it's it's tricky. Uh, well, coming from the perspective as a smaller project, I think actually, no, that's wrong because what you want is, what is money? Money is, God, maybe we should get into this conversation. <laughs> what is money? But in the very heart of it, it's just a communication tool. This yeah, is worth sure. something and this yeah. is worth something less, right? And if that doesn't work for us, the people who are reinventing money, then we're really screwed, right? It, yeah. The money should be moving to projects that are worth more because they're succeeding and doing well and moving away from the ones that aren't. That should just have over the long term. Yeah. And long term, I mean like within six months to a year period. Like yeah, day I, by day, I don't care. I mean, when that system breaks down in the fiat world, like we get soft banks, right? Right. Like, <laughs> right. So, yeah. so right. yeah, there needs to be a feedback mechanism from what's happening. There. Yeah, and, and if our exchanges aren't reflecting that, then then the whole thing isn't working at all. Right. I yeah. would, and that, yeah. that's bad. So before we wrap up here, I do want to go back to something you touched on, which is it's Swash, right? So tell us a little bit about that app, because I think that's a relationship we didn't really get into between Streamer and the, the app ecosystem that's building on top of that. So we haven't actually launched our developer framework for building data unions yet, but we've had all the tools there and you know there'll be a decent UX to all of that in a few months from now. Um, but in the meantime, people from our community kind of said, no, this is a fantastic idea. And the two ideas that have emanated from this are one swash, which is out um, as, as beta now, and, uh, and another app called MyDM, which is about to be released. So let's talk about swash then. Um, so swash is a browser plugin. Okay. It'll work in pretty much uh, every major browser at the moment, including Chrome. And what it does is it collects uh, once you download it, you permission which kind of data you want to collect, right? So if you go to Amazon, you can collect stuff from Amazon, right? Or the, the browser will locally collect that information for you. Um, it's already being, in a sense, generated as you move from page to page. Sure. Um, it will collect your surfing habits, which are incredibly valuable. Um, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be. Uh, or what you type into a search engine. Now, all of these things are being collected individually by Amazon, Google, et cetera, sure, et cetera. Sure. But actually, there's no aggregate way of doing that. Uh, Which is actually the more valuable part sometimes. Right, because you want to know someone's whole journey, exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, like Nike wants to know Nike. I, I'm British, <laughs> so we pronounce it differently. I don't know why that is, but there you go. They're very upset. Um, uh, you know, they want to know, well, look, you came to our page and then you went away, you didn't buy anything, what happened? And then we, you can tell them that from this information. Oh, well, they went to Reebok, sure. right? And they spent $300. You really screwed up there, yeah. Nike. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we know that this data is incredibly valuable because actually there was a company, and this proves the case, right? This proves the case. Um, Avast is a, uh, people might know this, they're a kind of antivirus software, sure. right? And you can get mm -hmm. the free package or not the free package. The free package, is actually spyware. They've been hoovering up all your data and selling it through their subsidiary called Jumpshot. And a couple of weeks ago, they shut it down because journalists from Vice and Motherboard uh, magazine worked out through leaked documents and other things. Hang on, this is what Jumpshot's doing. This is spyware. Firefox actually closed them down a couple of months ago because they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And um, Chrome were about to close them down, like close Avast down right, for doing this because it's, it's deeply unethical. Oh, right? absolutely. Even yeah. though it's uh -huh. in the terms and conditions, yeah. right? Yeah. We, all, you know, we all live under these tyranny of terms and conditions. But um, uh, it, it's there, sure, but you know, it's not really there. 
yeah. right? Um, and no one really knew what was going on. Now, now Jumpshot was worth 180 million. Avast, when they were found out, lost half a billion in stock, so they were worth five billion. Wow. Um, and the calculation was obvious, they just shut Jumpshot down. The data they're generating is exactly what Swash does, exactly the same. So we know Swash is now worth 180 million and could have revenues as, as, as large as Jumpshot. Sure. Right? So this is, this is a great proposition. And why will it work? And sustainable because it's got user consent. That's it. Yeah. It's got yeah. user consent. If you can build data selling models with users, the people who produce the stuff, hand in hand, then you've got an entirely different data economy. And the user, right? they, they get to participate in the ecosystem knowingly and willingly. You know? And I think that's that's just so huge. Yeah, and we know that from the research that we've just done, the product research. Like, we ask people, like, are you comfortable with selling your data? Well, what price would you expect? Like, what do you think about this in terms of your privacy? What makes you tech? And people love this idea. They're like, oh, finally, something that actually works for me on my behalf. I get that. Yeah. Right. They what they want actually is more control. Right. Right. They want to be able to tell all the other companies stop selling my data, which actually under the California Consumer Protection yes. Act you can do. We we have our own GDPR means, now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Which means Swash can do it on their behalf. Right. Just yeah. send an email. Yeah. Yep. So this is all very exciting. Well, this is great. Great. Shiv, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, oh, you have one more question. Yes. We uh, we have to ask, even though you just got here a little while ago. Any initial reactions about ETH Denver, and um, if not enough right now? No, I I, I love uh, ETH Denver. I, I came last year. I had so much FOMO on like 2017, uh, <laughs> not being here. Uh, yeah, John yeah. Paller, who kind of heads up the running of this, and he's obviously in no way he's got a big team of amazing people. Uh, he does a great job, and he's such a character. Uh, so I love coming here. I love this conference. It's it's brilliant. I think it's a combination of playground and carnival community get together <laughs> yeah and then there's there's poker with john and he will take your money he will don't play poker with him he will take your money people uh, well you heard it here first <laughs> all right yeah thanks so much for being here um tell us where can people go to find out more about streamer and uh swash uh streamer and that's uh just mr at the end okay. dot network and then swash app dot io fantastic great right. thank you so awesome. much Jeff. it was a pleasure real pleasure thank you thanks Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cork the Product. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share this podcast with all your crypto friends. See you next time. Enjoy this